Gamecock Nation. Welcome to the Cocky on Saturday podcast. I'm your host, James Beal, class of 2018, former student manager, and there's nothing I love more than talking some Gamecock football. Let's go. Embarrassing, shocking, heart-wrenching. There's a multitude of words we can use for this game, none of which are good. There's a lot we can learn from this one, though. It comes with the territory, great expectations, and unfortunately, we do fall short at times. I know I'm hurting. I know a lot of Gamecock Nation is hurting. There's a long season ahead of us. Whether good or bad, there is time. We can turn this thing around, but this is a very tough week. Tough to be coming off of that loss, especially in the past couple days. Tough to digest that one. But really, in today's episode, just going to kind of break down the good and the bad. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There's a lot of bad that happened, but there are bright spots. There's something to look forward to, and you have to have faith in Shane Beamer and this coaching staff. Just a couple days ago, we had full faith in them. So trust that they are going to recognize the issues do what they can to game plan around that moving forward and be able to put a better product out on the field. I was there on Saturday. And this goes for the team. This goes for fans. But Mike Tyson's famous quote, everybody has a game plan until you get punched in the face. Well, you know what? We just got sucker punched in the face and it hurts. It was not fun to be there in that stadium. Not fun leaving there and walking a mile back to where I was staying. I, I'm almost at a loss for words because I'm trying to be positive here. We're going to get to it, but we need to start with the bad. We need to start with what went wrong, kind of break that down. At the forefront of it, we have the offensive line. Nine sacks, only 23 rushing yards, 24 of which were after contact. So there was no holes being open. There was guys in the backfield. To carry on, Joyner never stood a chance. Juju McDowell never stood a chance. It was all bad. A lot of times you'll see maybe poor pass blocking, but better run blocking. That just wasn't the case. In all facets, it was ugly. It started with Cason Henry getting hurt on the fourth play. He rolled out as a starting tackle in this one. A younger player coming off an injury already. But obviously had great upside. Coaches had a lot of faith in him. I'm not going to say this entire game is different. But I think he would have added more stability at that tackle position. All of a sudden you're throwing in some younger, some further development pieces into the mix. You know, Jackson Hughes, Sidney Fugar. And they just weren't ready. They weren't ready for that stage. This is not even SEC play. Obviously, they transferred from some smaller schools, and there's a huge learning curve there, and they just were not up to the task. The communication was terrible. We were getting beat by simple stunt moves. If you're not familiar with that term, that just means where defensive linemen sort of loop around. They don't rush directly from their position. They'll loop with the defensive lineman right next to them to give the offensive line a different look, and we just couldn't communicate. That's all it takes there. Just communicate, pass off the rusher moved to the next guy, and we failed to do that. In addition to the Case and Henry injury, we were plagued across the board. Juice Wells only played 16 plays, obviously our top wide receiver threat. Mo Caba went out coming off of his ACL tear. Terrible to see that. Looks like he's going to be out 
for an extended period of time. And then obviously on the first drive, we also lost returning freshman All-American Nick Emanwari. Just terrible to see. Probably the best player on our defense. And he goes down. He is questionable coming into next week. So hopefully not too serious there. But he was not able to play in the rest of that game. The other embarrassing part is just there was no points off of turnovers. No points off of special teams. When you have a special teams play like the start of the second half. Where you get an onside kick recovery. You need to capitalize on that. When you get the interceptions. Which we got two of. You need to capitalize off of that. Drake May does not turn over the ball often. That's your opportunity. That's how you win that football game. You also get a fourth down stop early in the game, in the first half. You need to put a drive together. You know what we did? Three and out. And that's no one player's blame. A lot of it is getting pinned on the offensive line, and fairly so. The PFF ratings for the offensive line were not pretty. But there were bright spots. That's as much bad as I'm going to get into here today. Not going to run on the entire podcast just bashing this team. And Gamecock Nation needs to be careful. Believe it or not, this team, these coaches, they see the energy out there and they feed off of it. It can rattle a guy's confidence. They're just getting bashed over and over again on social media. That does not help them. These are young men that are affected. By what we say and what we put out there. We need to have this team's back. We did five days ago. Even less than that. We need to be right there. Full support. It's as much about them as it is about us. And there is a lot to learn from this game. It's a long season ahead. We've had slow starts before. We've had shocking starts before. You know what? This team's resilient. And it's all thanks to how our fans show out. And the support we're able to provide them. So do not give up on this team. It's a long season, and I still have faith in Coach Beamer, and that's not going anywhere. He's proved it to us again and again. He is our guy. We are going to turn the ship around. Here's why I have faith. Despite everything we just went through with the offensive line and the issues there, Spencer Rattler, 30 for 39, 354 yards passing. There's not many quarterbacks in college football that went for over 300 yards. Not many quarterbacks that got sacked nine times in a game ever. The fact that he was able to string that together is impressive, to say the least. Four of which of those incompletions were drops by the wide receiver. It means only five passes were actually inaccurate or just incomplete on the day. The offense is there. We see an identity. Something we haven't seen in years, honestly. This was much better than a Marcus Satterfield offense. Dow Loggins, the new offensive coordinator, has put in a product that is very impressive. When there is time, or even when there's not time, the passing game concepts are there. This is a pass-first offense, able to use the running backs out of the backfield, both running and in the flats. It's an exciting offense, at least potentially it is. And you know what? I know Juice Wells was out, but Xavier Leggett is a dog. Nine catches for 178 yards, two of which 50-50 balls, the definition of a 50-50 ball, went up and mossed the cornerback. He is a true top-end receiving threat. The fact that we have both him and Juice Wells on this roster is more talent than most college football teams have out there. So the skill positions are there. We just saw it with Colorado. 
there's not much of a line there at Colorado. But because they are so elite at those skill positions, they pulled a huge upset over TCU. I think if anything, we kind of pull a page out of that book. We need to get the ball out quicker, run some different concepts. It does look like Loggins is pretty adaptive. We saw in the second half he started to do a little bit more of that, get the ball out quicker. So we will see changes. He's not as stubborn as a Satterfield with his offensive play calling. And I think we're going to be able to look at last week's tape and move forward from it. One other thing I want to throw out to Gamecock Nation. Do not, please, do not start doubting DK Joyner. I've seen way too many comments trying to put any sort of blame on him. Sure, was there a hole or two he missed? It's very possible. I haven't gone through the tape that much in depth. But when you're getting hit in the backfield as much as he was, there's not many running backs in the entire country that could have done any better. He's super inexperienced. That was his first game at the true running back position. Give him time. The talent is there. We will figure it out. And when he's given holes, I can guarantee you he's going to make some plays happen. So just bear with him. We will get there. Before we jump into the defense, we did have a lone bright spot on the offensive line. Nick Gargiulo, the transfer from Yale, super experienced blocker, did have a 74 PFF pass blocking grade. So did very well with the PFF grades. Anything above 70 is really good to great on the day. So he is the lone bright spot on the offensive line. We just need to figure out those other guys and the different configurations of that offensive line that can hopefully patch these things up. And if and when we are able to solve some of those offensive line issues, I I think this offense can be super explosive. We saw hints of it. Marion Brown looked very solid. Luke Doty got involved. Another guy that you just want on the field with what he brings. The tight ends look good when targeted. I think we need to involve them more. Honestly, that was probably in the game plan. It just got thrown out the window when Spencer Rattler has a man in his face in half a second. So I think a lot of the shortfalls on offense that maybe some people are pointing to, at least outside the offensive line, will be patched up in the future if we're able to give Spencer the time. I liked what I saw when our offense ran the way it was supposed to. And at this point in time, we just need to go back to the drawing board with the offensive line, possibly get some freshmen involved, get a little bit more competition going, move some guys around. The depth chart came out today for week two against Furman. Looks like Ja'Kai Moore is back in the conversation at tackle. So the coaches are really putting everything back on the board. They're going to try everyone out. We do have a game against Furman. That's where you can start to test some things before we have to go to Athens. They're going to make adjustments. Don't think they're just going to sit still on this. Everybody is pissed. It's going to be a very aggressive approach to try to get things patched up. On the defensive side of the football, I thought we looked very solid. The biggest issues, and I know I'm going back to the bat a little bit here, but I want to get it out of the way. The run defense looks shaky. It was stout at times. You know, their running back Hampton was only 16 carries for 37 yards, but British Brooks, on the other hand, 15 carries for 103. So there was good, there was bad, but We didn't get completely run over like we did last year. You know, at times where we were able to get in the backfield, Debo Williams was a huge reason for that. Had a SEC high on the day for tackles and his career high. He looks like an absolute stud. And the next in line of the great run we've had at the linebacker spot, 
in Columbia. So there is promise with that run defense, and I think we're going to be able to build on that. Remember, it is just the first game. It doesn't have to be perfect day one, and I liked how we looked at times in this game. The rush defense was not great on the day. This UNC team had a shaky O-line at best. We were not able to come up with any sacks. Part of that is just Drake May getting the ball out quicker, so credit to him. But Jordan Strawn and Tyreek Johnson did total together for five hurries on the quarterback. They look very solid. I did like what I saw from Drew Tuazama. Obviously only one week in pads. He was the recent transfer. I think he will get more into the mix as we move forward. And I think the more comfortable he gets in this defense, he'll be able to put up some numbers for us. With Mo Kaba going down, Stone Blanton and Debo Williams played the entire game at linebacker. I already went over Debo. He's a stud. And Stone Blanton looked really great at run fizz. In the run game, he kind of hit the holes hard, was able to get some nice stops. He did secure his tackles, which I love to see. And as a sophomore, I think he has a very bright career ahead of him at South Carolina. It'd be very interesting to see if we get true freshman Pup Howard in the game this next week. Now that we are a little bit thinner at the linebacker spot, expect him to get in the rotation to be able to give Debo and Stone a little bit of a breather on defense. In the secondary, Marcellus Dial was as great as advertised, played pretty locked down, had the highest PFF rating on the day in the secondary, 69.8, so just shy of that 70 mark, was targeted twice and only let up one catch for six yards. Odie Fortune, the other starting cornerback, was targeted four times, let up one catch, and did find himself an interception on the day. And a big shout out to true freshman Jalen Kilgore. Eamon Worry went down very early, and he stepped right in to take over at that safety spot. Something we did suspect if somebody went down that he'd be the next man up. It was awesome to see a true freshman ready to play in game one, posted a 68.2 PFF rating. So very productive on the day, had the best tackle efficiency of anyone on the defense. And long term, that's a great thing to see. Obviously, you never want to see an injury, but we kind of know now we have more depth at that safety spot than we originally thought. And remember, Ema Worry is a true sophomore. DQ Smith's a true sophomore. Jalen Kilgore, true freshman. We are very young in that secondary that bodes very well for years to come and for the rest of the season. I'm going to wrap this episode up with a very similar sentiment to how I started it. Trust in this staff. There are too many Gamecock fans out there. I saw it at the game. I see it on Twitter. They just love to give up. They love to kind of sit back, throw in the towel, and just pretend like the season's over. This is game one. Sure, there's a lot for us to improve on, and we need to make significant strides to get back to the level we thought we potentially could be at this year. But 7-8 wins is very much in our grasp. Go back to last season. Nobody was giving us a chance. Late in the season, we rolled into Tennessee, we rolled into Clemson, and we got those wins and ended off on a very high note. I think we can still get to that level. This is almost reminiscent of 2014, in my opinion. Remember what happened there? Preseason ranked. Texas A&M came into our place and they diced us up. It was ugly. You know what happened two weeks later? Georgia came in and we beat Todd Gurley and that Georgia attack. Great things can still happen for this team, especially when you have the right leadership in place. 
between Shane Beamer at the helm, Rattler leading the offense, and the other weapons we have across this team, we have the right guys in place to turn this thing around. They're not going to sit back. They're not going to be comfortable with this loss. They are pissed off just as much as you are, just as much as I am. I promise you, they're in film. They're in practice, ready to turn this thing around, and they're being ultra-aggressive with the changes. Everybody's job is on the line outside of Rattler. He deserves zero blame. If you're trying to pin this on Rattler, you're just flat out wrong. We can argue about it all day, but you are wrong if you try and put any of this on Rattler. This week, we have a great opportunity to test some things out against Furman before we go to Athens. It's going to be a rough ride here. It's going to be a very tough game to try to steal in Athens. But what I want to see out of this weekend is just test out some of those changes, figure out what works for you, and then show improvement against Georgia. We do not need to go in there and beat them. There's still a path for us to get to seven, eight wins this year without beating Georgia. But I do want to see improvement. But let's start with our home opener. Let's show out to williams Bryce. Show your support for this team. They rely on us as much as we rely on them for our happiness. We'll be back on Thursday of this week to break down the upcoming game against Furman. Look forward to seeing y'all then. And guys, hold tight. We still have a long season ahead of us, and we'll see y'all on Thursday. Go Cox!